The anonymous landlord is more than just making profit from property. It's a system of automation and a strategy which will shape the way you invest in property forever. It's a quality of life, it's a way of life. It's a business mindset. The anonymous landlord will make loads of money from property and continue to grow wealth and assets without giving up time or energy or life. Because what's the point in making a load of money from property if you've got no time or energy to enjoy it? My name's Tom Sone, and this is The Anonymous Landlord. The press test for really successful property investing. And the press test is what I use for every single property investment that I make. And it stands for profitable, reliable, easy, simple, and safe. And each of those five components are able to be calculated, forecasted through a checklist. Now, I actually used to have a checklist. It's all in my head now, but I used to actually have a checklist of all of those things and all of the components that go towards uh, making those things profitable, reliable, easy, simple, and safe. And my checklist would be something that I would work through from top to bottom for every single property investment that I bought. Now, I'm going to talk you through each part of profitable, reliable, easy, simple, and safe. I'm going to teach you how to calculate each part of those components. And first thing I will say is that it is vital in all of this to be factual, evidence-based, and objective. In other words, you've got to be honest with yourself. It's so easy to look at information and facts and statistics and, and real life evidence about a property and then allow your personality, fears, and your emotions to take over. We've heard all of that before, but with all of this, it's vital to be factual, evidence-based, and objective. So I'm going to run through this from top to bottom. Profitable, reliable, easy, simple, and safe. It's the PRESS test. P-R-E-S-S. So if you've got a notepad right now, just write down P-R-E-S-S. And in fact, write down profitable, reliable, easy, simple, safe. Profitable, reliable, easy, simple, safe. Easy as that. Right. Let's start with profitable. Now, it is your duty, believe this or not, Mr. and Mrs. Property Investor and Mr. and Mrs. Landlord, it is your duty to make profit. It's your duty to your tenants. It's your duty to yourself. And it's definitely your duty to your family and those that you are doing all of this for. What's the point in doing all of this property and business and making money and all of that stuff if it's not for your family? So it's your duty to make profit. You have to make profit in order to be able to provide a secure home for your tenants. And the more you're able to provide a secure home for your tenants, the more likely they're going to stay long term, the more likely that you're going to have no hassles, no issues, no penalties and fines, no problems with compliance and all of those things. Also for yourself, you must not rely on this income until your property plan is complete. 
Now, that sounds crazy, but don't rely on this income. If you're investing in property and now you rely on that rent income, you need to rethink. So, for, and, and when I say until that plan is complete, for an example, I have set out five-year, eight-year, 10-year plans and strategies for my clients, month-by-month -month strategies for each of my clients. And the first rule is that you cannot rely on your income. Don't spend your profits. That's the first rule of Tom Sohn's Property Club. That's a good name for a group. Anyway, the first rule of Tom Sohn's Property Club is don't spend your profits. Instead, you've got to compound your profits, invest your profits, and repeat over and over again until you reach the end of your plan. Well, actually, you can spend some of your profits. We've got to have a bit of fun, right? But I just mean don't rely on your profits. Don't rely on your rents. Just make sure that you are compounding, reinvesting, and repeating. Anyway, by the way, if you do feel that you rely on that rental income for your own personal income, then contact me and I'll set you a proper plan, either a five-year plan, a two-year plan, a five-year plan, a 10-year plan to reach your financial goal. And I will set that out so you can follow it month by month. Most people just want to finish their plan with a secure and reliable income, like five grand a month or seven grand a month, whatever it may be. Most people just want to finish that property investment plan with a secure income. So contact me if you feel like, yeah, I really rely on my income. And you can do that. Just comment, comment below and my team will contact you or you can just contact me directly through my Facebook page or message me through WhatsApp or you can email me tom at pinkstreet.co.uk. Anyway, anyway, I was talking about profitability. What am I going on here? So we're on profitability. This is the press test, P-R-E-S-S. -S. We're on profitability. Now, the way to calculate your profitability is cash yield and also true yield. Now, when I start talking about true yield, sometimes people glaze over a little bit, but I'll give you a quick analysis of it now. But do not use gross yield. Do not calculate gross yield. It's wildly, wildly inaccurate. And it really frustrates me because there are so many estate agents and letting agents and sourcing agents that calculate a property investment by gross yield. And by the way, gross yield is that um, annual rent divided by purchase price. It's wildly inaccurate. Do not use it. Thank you. But you'll also find that most a, a lot of agents use it and a lot of sourcing agents use it, but investors don't use that. If you are a proper investor in anything, you never calculate it as gross yield. Anyway, okay, hopefully I'm clear on that. Do not use gross yield. It's so wrong and it will lead you to buying poor property investments. The two yields that you should focus on, if you want to keep it really simple, then just focus on your cash yield. Now, your cash yield is, it can be a reasonably large calculation if you allow it to be. Um, I have a spreadsheet, which I just enter in all the information and it calculates so many different yields, so many different forecasts and um, costs and time frames and all of those things. But if you want to keep it simple, then you just calculate your cash yield as your actual cash invested. 
your actual cash invested? How much physical pound notes have you taken from your bank into this property? So it's your actual cash invested against your actual cash returned. Now, I don't mean the full rent because that's not your actual cash. That is your revenue, your income. Your actual cash is your net profit. You get the rent in, you pay your mortgage, insurance, management fees, tax, and what's left is your actual cash return. So your cash yield is your actual cash invested against your actual cash returned. Quickest way to work that out into a percentage is your annual actual cash returned divided by your actual cash invested. Hopefully that makes sense. For an example, if you make £400, let's say, actually, let's make it nice and easy for myself. If you make um, £500 per month in profits, that is £6,000 per year in annual profits. Hopefully you agree with that. If you have invested £60,000 of your own cash, then that is a 10% cash yield in its most basic form. That's because your £60,000 of physical cash pound notes is generating £6,000 of actual cash back. Cash yield. Really easy way to work out a more accurate, um, detailed analysis of what your cash is actually doing for you. True yield. I won't go into massive detail here, but it's basically the full investment calculation, which gives you the full overview of your actual property investment and how your cash is performing. It includes appreciation, cash and refinancing. All of those things contribute towards your true yield. And it's also based over time. True yield isn't just today. True yield is a continually evolving figure. So back to that point, the press test starts with profitable. It has to be profitable. Otherwise, you're not actually investing. You are spending. The next part of the press test is R for reliable. And you will get a reliable property investment by carrying out two types of due diligence on that property. More than that, but I'm keeping it simple here. Number one is property due diligence. And that includes the demand the tenant demographics, the employment in the local area, the infrastructure of the local area, and values both now and later. And you can look at values in a couple of ways. What's it worth now on the open market? What's it worth in two years' time based on the history of growth in the area? And also, what is the value of the property if you add value? If you do a refurb, if you put, do an extension, a conversion, anything like that that can increase the value, and you know my refurbishment maths, I'll go through that another time, how to calculate how much you should spend on a property, um, that's a whole different episode. Also, property due diligence, you need to calculate the competition. What other properties are competing with yours? That will contribute to how long it takes to rent the property out and also contribute towards the values of the rent. If there are 20 other three-bedroom houses on the market, the chances are you're going to have to drop your rent a little bit to get yours rented first. And lastly, in property due diligence, you can kind of estimate and forecast the duration 
of the tenancy. For an example, if you can get a family moving into a, uh, a three-bedroom house, they're more likely to stay for eight years, whereas a couple moving into a one-bed flat are more likely to stay for two. So you can get an idea through good property due diligence about the type of property that you're going to get, and that will enable you to work out, is this going to be a reliable property? But there are two components to property investing. You're investing in the asset, and then your tenant, who is technically your customer, is paying you an income. It's like a business, any business. And your tenant due diligence must include the income and expenditure. Of course, it includes income and expenditure. They have to be able to fit with your rent. They have to be able to afford your rent. And there are certain calculators that will enable you to work that out. I'm not going to go through it now because when you get mathematical in these things, it kind of gets a bit difficult to follow. But definitely look at the income and expenditure to make sure that you can, that the tenant can afford the rent. And by the way, look, if you're a landlord who looks after your own letting and management, then, and you want to use my company's referencing, go for it. It's cheap as chips, 27 quid or something like that. I think we charge just 27 quid. My team will carry out the full referencing, but you'll also have not only the benefit of collecting the information, but also my team will be doing it. So they'll be able to spot whether they think this is a good tenant or not. So if you need referencing, qualification, credit checking, income and expenditure analysis, employment referencing, um, guarantor referencing, history, all of those things, history of rent payments, history of repairs and maintenance. That's another good question. And by the way, if you ever want to find out if a tenant has caused damage at a previous property, just ask them, did you get your full deposit back from your previous property? Did you get your full deposit back from your previous property? If they say no, then the chances are, I'm not saying this is a rule for everything, but the chances are they have caused damage to a property and that has been deducted from their, their deposit. And weirdly enough, tenants are quite open with this information because deposits are something they feel strongly about. Tenants almost feel like they put a deposit down, they're entitled to, to get it back without issue. Fair enough. Anyway, so ask them that question. That will give you an idea or at least give you something to question. Why did you not get your full deposit back? Oh, I smashed a door, I smashed a window or broke this or broke that, whatever. Okay, so that's reliable. Next on the press test is E for easy. It's got to be easy to rent, easy to sell, easy to exit. Easy to rent, easy to sell, easy to exit. It's also got to be easy to buy. That sounds really crazy, but it's got to be easy to buy. If it's difficult because there's loads of complications, then it increases your risk of this not being a great property investment. It's also got to have easy due diligence. You must easily be able to get the evidence to carry out your due diligence on the property, on the uh, tenancy, all of those things. You have to be able to get that information. If you find it difficult to collect the evidence for carrying out due diligence, the chances are either somebody's trying to hide something or there's more complications that you're not seeing. The harder the DD, the harder the property is to invest in. Now, it doesn't mean don't buy it. I'm not, by the way, I, I'm not saying don't buy it. What I'm saying is that you have to calculate your risk, re, risk reward score. And if you have a difficult property, then you need to increase your risk and decrease your reward. And really, 
The only thing that should change here, I'm not saying don't buy it, absolutely not. Sometimes you can get really good deals when they get complicated. But I'm saying that you have to work out what it's worth to you. What is this investment worth to buy? And sometimes it's worth as the, you know, if due diligence gets a bit messy, it's sometimes worth just reducing your offer to mitigate and protect yourself against any risks. So that is easy. The next part of the press test for properties is simple. S for simple. It's got to be simple. You have to be able to explain this property investment to a six-year-old kid. I know you're probably not ever going to, but if you're a parent, and by the way, drop me a comment below if you're a parent and a property investor, that's awesome. I am, and I love the fact that I can teach my kids about property and financing and business and profit and all of those things. I love that. Anyway, you have to be able to describe your property investment to a six-year-old kid. And as Tiger Woods very famously says, Keep it simple, stupid. You have to be able to explain it to a six-year-old kid. That means you have to be able to keep it simple. You have to be able to explain it to somebody who's stupid, who doesn't understand anything. Simple as that. So if you cannot do that, if you find that it's difficult to explain what type of investment it is, then the chances are it's probably a more complex investment. And the more complex investments are higher risk, higher profit maybe. I'm not saying don't invest in them. Absolutely not. But again, you have to calculate your risk reward score. So for an example, quite often, the higher the profit, the higher the risk. Now, I like, that's why I made this press test. I like profitable, reliable, easy, simple and safe. I like those types of investments. It's why I buy the types of properties that I buy. Yes, I could probably make more money. I could probably make a lot more money by investing in more higher profit or more higher risk properties. But I like profitable, reliable, easy, simple, safe. So, hey, that's just me. You might be more tempted to get into higher risk stuff. And, and comment below if you like the the things that I'm talking about here, you know, your nice three bed houses in, in, in reasonable areas, good renters. If you like those sorts of properties, let me know. Give me some give me some shouts below um, and hit the like as well. If you like what I'm talking about here or what, like what I talk about in other, in other videos, then give me a like. It all contributes towards, well, first of all, it lets me, gives me a little pat on the back as well, but it also contributes towards my, my social media efforts. Um, so I do appreciate if you could just give us a like, give us a, whatever comments you want to make on anything that I say. It helps me in my mission. And I just want to help as many people as possible. That's it. There's no set target. Anyway, so complex investments. Yes, I could probably make more money on my property investing. I know of, in detail, the higher risk, higher reward property investments. But I choose to keep it profitable, reliable, easy, simple and safe. And I want to give you an example here. I, I think it's better. Some people would argue with me here, but I think it's better if you've got. Actually, let me ask you. Let me ask you. Comment below and tell me what your answer to this would be. Would you rather have a 20 percent chance of an 80 percent profit or yield or an 80 percent chance of a 20 percent profit or yield? Would you rather have a 20% chance of an 80% profit or yield or 
an 80% chance of a 20% profit or yield. You get what I'm going at there. Don't worry about the exact numbers, but you see what I'm trying to say. I'd love to know what sort of um, investments you like. Or let me add in a third option. Would you take my previous advice in most of my other videos and build yourself a platform, a base, a good solid base of rental properties, reliable, that are all these things, profitable, reliable, easy, simple, safe. Would you build that base of properties first and then start adventuring a bit more, then start going for higher risk properties? Be interested to know what you think of that. Comment below here and let me know what sort of thing you're into. 20% chance of an 80% yield or an 80% chance of a 20% yield. Okay, the last part of the press test is safe. And it's not exactly the word safe. It's the safety net. I call it the safety net. Well, I am now. It's calculating the worst case scenarios and putting a number on it. Because that enables you to forecast and protect yourself. Now, one of the, I guess the biggest fears for landlords are tenants not paying rent, tenants damaging the property, or having to go through an eviction. Nobody wants to do those things. And in fact, it's what puts a lot of property investors, or sorry, a lot of potential property investors off investing in properties in the first place. It's because they fear those things and they don't know what they would do in those situations and they fear the worst. And people don't property invest because they feel like they're going to lose their money. And I understand that. Hey, it's a risk. If you invest in anything, it's a risk. Simple as that. So my philosophy is to create a safety net. And, by, and the way to do that is to calculate the worst case scenarios and then put a number on it. Simple as that. Let me give you a couple of examples. Let's use uh, tenants not paying rent and evictions, right? So if you have a tenant that stops paying their rent and you've got to go and take them to court and evict them, they refuse to leave. That's a big fear for landlords. What is that going to cost you? Well, first of all, how long will that process take? I would say, let's just say six months, just to be a nice, easy figure. It's going to take you six months of um, starting with a section 21, section eight, then applying to the courts, then applying to a courts for eviction, and then applying to the courts for repossession if they still don't leave. Let's just say that's six months, nice and easy. What's that going to cost you? Let's turn it into a number. Because when you think of it like that, Tenant stops paying rent, refuses to leave, refuses to pay rent and will not get out of the property. I'm not getting any rent. It's, that's scary. If you say it like that, that is scary. Now let's put a number on it. That's going to take you six months and you still got to pay your mortgage, your management fee, your insurance. Let's just say that's going to cost you, I don't know, £400 a month. Let's say £500 a month, just for a nice easy figure. That means £3,000. Now you know that in the worst case scenario, it's going to cost you £3,000. And the best part about it is you don't need that £3,000 today. You just need it at £500 a month intervals. And you'll be able to claim it back. And if you've bought through my property broker or you're a landlord with my one of my letting agencies, then the chances are you've probably got a really good rent guarantee in place as well. So that will pay out as well. But worst case, we're talking worst case. Those are 
best cases of the worst case. In the actual worst case, you haven't got all of those things. You haven't got a managing agent. You're doing it all yourself. And it's going to take you six months to evict a tenant. There you go. Six months of costs is three grand. Now you know your safety net. The boiler, right? A boiler is probably the most problematic and the most common issue in a property. Um, all of those, you know, heating, hot water, that sort of stuff. If you have to replace the boiler, it's going to cost, what, 800 quid, something like that? If there's any people that have ever had to replace a boiler, tell me how much you paid. How much did you pay to replace the boiler? But now you know your safety net. If the tenant completely ruins your property, damage throughout the property, let, I mean, that's hard to say. What's it going to cost to replace um, carpets and maybe a couple of kitchen units and bits and pieces like that? Five grand, there's your safety net. You work out what is the worst case scenario and then put a number on it. It's not so scary when you've got a number on it and it enables you to save that amount or um, I guess ring fence that amount. But remember, analyze. Remember what I said at the beginning, you've got to stay evidence-based, factual, objective. It's scary being a property investor. It's scary being a landlord, not if you put a number on it. So that is the press test for the most successful property investing. And this is what the most successful property investors do. The press test is profitable, reliable, easy, simple, safe. Profitable, reliable, easy, simple, safe. Nice. Okay. If you have um, taken anything from that, if you think that could work for you, if you like profitable, reliable, easy, simple, safe, then please give me a like. That will be really helpful for me. Doesn't take much. Just do this on your phone or on your, um, on your computer. <laughs> I don't know what type of mouse that was. But Give us a like, pop a comment in there below. Please do just let me know what you thought of this whole press test. Does it work for you? Does it appeal to you? Is that the sort of property that you like? And for no other reason than that it will help me. I do all this for nothing, as you know. So give us a hand and help me out. Take care, everyone. Speak to you all soon. Good luck with your property investing and take care. Thank you for joining me and I hope you enjoyed this podcast. But before you go to the next episode, I really want to hear from you. Just search Tom Sone on any social media or just email me tom at pinkstreet.co.uk. I'd love to know your thoughts on this episode. And if you need any help with your own situation, just get in touch. I'll answer every email and every message I promise. Anyway, see you in the next podcast. And remember, being a landlord is hard. Being an anonymous landlord is easy. Invest, enjoy, repeat and grow.